Hey, welcome back to Blank Canvas Talk. Thanks so much for joining me. Today, I want to talk about codependency in the church. Have you heard that there, uh, the justification on why some people not going to church is because they feel like um, it's manipulative and controlling or a tool to control, right? The the masses. Have you heard that? I know I have. Um, and I don't necessarily disagree with it, which is what I want to talk about today. Okay. Um, so come on, let's talk. Codependency uh, is excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner. It can also be seen as a relationship um, addiction because the relationship is one-sided. One party is relying on the other to fulfill an emotional need, if not all their emotional needs. Um, some things to examine and to consider uh, if you if one has codependent behaviors and um, they're in a relationship of some sorts, right, is does your sense of purpose involve making extreme sacrifices to satisfy your partner's needs? Is it difficult to say no when your partner demands your energy? Uh, Do you worry about other people's opinions? Do you feel trapped in the relationship? Do you keep quiet to avoid uh, arguments? Well, I want to talk about these things and how those questions relate to the dynamics of uh, the church and the congregant. Because codependency places their own value in direct correlation to others. Many times people seek a relationship with God and Jesus Christ. They will go to the church um, seeking Jesus, but they will latch on to the church community and church leaders. As a result, the person is more likely to develop a codependent relationship with a church leader and congregants more so than God. Now, listen, am I saying that the person doesn't have a relationship with God? No, not at all. That person is still developing a relationship with God, but there are more behaviors that will need to be addressed in that relationship, excuse me, in the relationship so that proper growth can actually happen. Proper discipleship. Imagine when a person seeks out a new church family, the stage of development generally goes from infant to uh, parenthood. Okay. And, and I can explain that briefly. So basically when someone, before someone knows Christ, they're, they're considered dead. Okay. And when they know Christ, they're reborn, right? So they're an infant. And then they grow up um, into an adolescent and a young adult, and then eventually they become a parent teaching other disciples to do the same thing. Okay, that's the ideal development. But we really don't see this today. We really don't see these stages of development going in this order. Generally, someone comes in, we do the call to faith, um, the call to accept Jesus, and then... That person is kind of just left to figure things out for themselves. Now, if you are a part of a church community that actually does uh, have a curriculum for discipleship, um, discipleshiping and uh, ministering to to the stages of development, that is so amazing. I would love to hear from you. Um, But this this really isn't everybody's um, 
experience, right? It's not a lot of people's experience. Um, we're not going to get into that, but we can talk about it later, definitely. So when you're an infant, generally, uh, this means that the person is not, um, they don't have a strong foundation of Christian principles, um, a spiritual foundation. They're still learning that, right? That's why they're learning, they're leaning on the church leaders, um, or like I say, if they have like small groups or something, there's someone generally there, curriculum established to teach them these, um, these principles. So that when they go outside of those church walls and they go outside into the world and they're living, it's it's Monday now, they can use those things that they've been taught and they can go and um, and apply them. So I'm not saying that they're not a uh, emotionally intelligent or not intelligent. Right. We're just speaking about their ability, um, spiritual, spiritually, um, their strength spiritually to approach certain circumstances um, of opposition and oppression in their lives. Okay, so generally this person, um, you know, they've come to the church because they're missing something. There's a void in them. Right. They're like, man, um, I need something. And so when they run to the church seeking this thing, I mean, they are met with open arms by congregants and church leaders. And they're just like, oh, my God, this is exactly what I want. And remember, though, they're codependent. They're seeking these this love. OK, and through the people, they're like, hey, if I do this then you'll do this for me. So what happens? They join all of the church events. They're coming every Sunday. They're like. Okay, not even every Sunday, you know, you have Wednesday Bible study, you've got um, usher board meetings, you know, midnight. So I'm there, there every single day. Again, mind you, they're codependent. So they're really not doing it unto the Lord. Now, now, not everybody. Hold on. Hold on. I know. It's not that they don't love the Lord. They love the Lord. They love Jesus. Right. I mean, they're listening to what you're saying. They're still got buy in. What I'm saying is there is something happening internally with this person and they have latched on um, improperly. Okay, so where they actually may believe they're latching on and they're doing this to Jesus in reality, uh, they'll see that when that church dynamic is removed, they crumble back to similar um, struggles that they had before they even came into the church. Okay. So let me, let me just say this. Uh, let me go back. So they're there. They're not, they're going to all the meetings. They're doing the things of God. They're doing the things that they were told, like, Hey, this is what you're supposed to do. Excuse me. This is what you're supposed to do. This is how you be church. Right. So they are properly churched. <laughs> you ask them how they're doing. I am blessed and sanctified. Right. I mean, they are getting it, but again, they're not doing it unto the Lord. They're that codependent person is doing it because they really want to find value in themselves and their self-worth. They're, they're tying this to their self-worth. I'm doing this on Usher Board because let's go back to the questions that we, we said earlier was that I don't want to disappoint anyone. Right. This person. Um makes extreme sacrifices in their schedule. I mean, they're blowing off their friends. They're blowing off their family. They're blowing off things that they used to do. Now, hold on. Remember, we're talking about a codependent person, not someone who is counted the cost 
and they are actively involved in ministry uh, unto the Lord. We're talking about someone who is finding internal, intrinsic value and self-worth because of an usher board meeting, because they're serving the man and woman of God. Now, let me just put a snippet in this before we go any further. Uh, people who say yes to the Lord are absolutely amazing, but they should not be being worshipped. And we, no one in the congregation should be doing service unto the man or woman of God. No one, no one, no one, no one, no one, no one. We do it unto the Lord. Okay. Um, they also, going back and taking the pen out. So this person is making sacrifices uh, because they don't want to disappoint the man or woman of God. They don't want to uh, disappoint the congregation. And when I say disappoint, it's like they feel an obligation, uh, an emotional obligation to fulfill certain things as if, let's say, a parent to a child, like they'll, they don't want to disappoint. So they make these sacrifices to appease. And this person may also find it hard to say, no, if they say if if they have to, again, because they don't want to disappoint, they don't want to cause an argument. And so they'll just kind of go along and get along, even if they're not able to, um, you know, they, they're not able to pay their tithes this month. Right. So, I mean, they don't have any money. They don't have anything extra to give. And they feel they, they tithe only out of obligation, not because unto God, but because unto the man of the uh, house. Right. Unto the woman of the house. They're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to they're going to yell at me. They're going to because this is an unhealthy, unhealthy relationship. Right. They worry about what everybody's going to say about me. That's that's that one of some of their main things that they consider, you know, um, probably really, really anxious about, too. So what am I saying? Am I, am I saying that this person um, in all this time of them going to the usher board meetings and Sunday service that they don't have a relationship with God? No, that's not what I'm saying. Not at all. That's not what I'm saying at all. Um, they have started on their path to the relationship with God, but it has not been developed properly. The reason why there was even a codependent, uh, codependency uh, sown in them in the first place, why they're so dependent on people was because somewhere along their lines um, of, of infancy, right, there was a break in the development of love shown to them. Somehow there was a vulnerability a chink in their armor, someone, uh, mother, father, someone, somewhere did not provide for them um, that safety net where they can go into the world feeling, hey, I am enough. I am loved. I am whole. Okay. And like I said, many people don't even, many people aren't even aware of this, that this is happening. They have a relationship with God. They've accepted Christ. But when one of the key things where we see, we, we would see um, that it is not, the, the relationship with God has not been um, established on a strong foundation is when, how does this person respond 
to stress when they are away from the church uh, surroundings, this, the church atmosphere. Do they crumble? Do they still go through the same cycle of issues? Right. Um, the same the same um, issues that they've been having with a particular man or woman in a relationship or partner um, in a relationship, they continue to have from the from day one till now. It's been 19 years later. They're still struggling with the same um, elementary things that you may consider someone who's been. Um, attached to a church community would no longer suffer from at this point in the stage of their walk. Right? Hey, no judgment. I get it. Listen, I've been there too. I can tell you some stories. I've been there. But at some point, like a child that grows up, you expect in our spiritual our spiritual development to grow, right? Um, how do we respond emotionally to things? The same things that used to used to make us angry and set us off when we first began in our relationship with Christ should not be the same things that set us off 19 years later. Right. We, we've developed at some point some tools and resources to help us along the way. And so with someone who is codependent. That relationship is so people based and not God based that they've never actually addressed the things um, that led them to the church. I imagined it like a person running to the church building, right? And they're like, oh man, I'm finally inside. And, you know, they, they get all the hearts and the loves and the feels from the people. I mean, they are so excited and because they're there, um, then they feel safe, right? They're, they're starting to feel whole again. They build a wall around the church. Right. And that's where they stay. Right. They, they build a fortress around the church. But remember, when we build fortresses, no one can get in and no one can, can get out. OK, until until uh, remember in a codependency, uh, in a codependent relationship. It has its limits at some point. The people that you are feeding off of or seeking are not going to be able to give to you the way you are seeking. So when there is humanity that shows itself, right, because we're humans, you see humanity in these relationships. And let's say some for some reason, this this relationship starts to crumble. Your foundation starts to, to rock a little bit. Right. The church starts your your idea of the church starts to rock a little bit. Walls start to crumble. OK. And what are you left with? You have to go back outside of those walls. But guess what? You never did. When you went in there and you ran and you built that fortress up inside of those uh, those walls, you never went back outside to deal with the things that you needed to deal with. So guess what? When you go back outside after those years of making a fortress inside, you have to deal with them again. And those issues um, are that you're enough. You know, you're loved. You don't have to seek attention from things that don't serve you. You don't have to give your energy to things that don't serve you. Right. There's a lot of things that you have to deal with. And, and this is the challenging. This is the challenging part. And, you know, how do we go on from how do we go on from this? Well, why does this happen? 
or because there wasn't proper development of that believer, of that codependent person. There wasn't proper development. There wasn't a curriculum in place. You know, whose fault is it? Well, I have my own opinion. I do. Uh, My opinion is that when we as leaders in Christ and we are responsible uh, in making disciples that one, we should know those who labor among us and really teach relationship over religion. What am I saying? And, oh, and, and build a curriculum, right? So when someone comes into the church you know, they come in on lesson, you know, 16 or 54, you know, they come in the middle of your curriculum. And by curriculum, I mean, you know, your, your Sunday sermons, um, that the Lord gives you, you know, throughout the week, they come there and they're, and they're seeking something. And then, you know, again, you do the call of faith and they accept it, but then who really develops them after that? What is our goal when we are in the church and we're asking people, oh, invite your friends and, you know, bring more people. Okay, more people are coming. What is your goal with them? Right? What it should look like is we're building up the the body of, of Christ to have strong relationships with Christ, those who are actually counting the cost of why they want to become a Christian, not because it's a feel-good message and, hey, Jesus will make you feel happy. And so, okay, go back out into the world and do great things. Bye. Right? No, 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 not at all. We need to do some, we got to actually labor. We got to teach. We have a responsibility not to just on, on Sunday to deliver a message, but we have to teach these uh young infants, those who are not as spiritually mature, we have an obligation to teach them and to develop them so that they don't need to build a fortress. And uh, I think it was Sean McDowell who who said this, uh, or, oh my goodness, I'm going to find it, Dan Campbell, one of them. But he talks about a Christian subculture and a Christian bubble. This is what happens. When you have someone who is so uh, either just oblivious or afraid, uh, life is happening around me. You might have heard that car behind me, but sorry. When when you have someone who's either so oblivious or just really um, not wanting to deal with it, their issues, you know, they will surround themselves in everything with uh, the Christian in the Christian community. Right. So they're like, nope, if it's secular, worldly, I don't want anything to do with it. I know some people are like, I mean, what's wrong with that? Well, remember, right. When Jesus and the disciples were walking and they were ministering, they did not set their home. I mean, yes, he would go to the synagogue, but then he would go out into the people. You can't go out to the people if you're so afraid of the people um, and your only safe place is in the is in the um, the church. Or when you go out into the people, you crumble because you don't know how to address those same issues. And this is what I'm saying. So we have to do some labor in that labor being ministering. I don't know what I just said. Ministering to the people of God, to the heart, to the to the issues that they're having, knowing those that labor among us. Being able to see, hey, brother, hey, sister. 
Um, hey, Saint. How's your relationship with Christ? What's going on outside of these walls? How are you emotionally? Because we shouldn't be resting our faith in the man or woman of God. I, oh, I said it. I know it's going to make some people mad. Understand what I'm saying. I'm going to say it again. It's not in the man or woman of God. It's in the Holy Spirit that dwells in the man or woman of God. And some people are like, well, what's the difference, right? What's the difference? There's a huge difference. Flesh leading the flesh. Impossible. We are led by the Holy Spirit. The flesh is only the vessel that houses the Holy Spirit. But it's a thin line and it's a slippery slope and it's a dangerous thing when <laughs> you know, there's so many noises behind me. I'm so sorry. But it is a very dangerous thing when. We're like, pastor said this, pastor said that, pastor told me this. But what did God say? And are you praying on what the man and woman of God are saying? Are you really reflecting and meditating on it and chewing on it and consulting with the Lord on it? Or you're just like, everything they say is right. Yep, sound good to me. That is dangerous because what we end up doing is, okay, hold on, we'll go there. When we see all of these headlines in the news, of these men and women of God acting like humans. <gasps> oh my gosh, I couldn't, I can't believe it. Well, yeah, they're human. They're human. I think the most appalling thing is that we're surprised. I mean, listen, no, we definitely, <laughs> as men and women of God, again, we are held to another standard. We shouldn't be out here behaving all well and early like that, but we're human, we're flesh. These flesh suits got you all messed up, which is why we shouldn't be leaning on them and having establishing our relationship in Christ on them. Right. Our our foundation and relationship um, with Christ um, is not founded solely in the church. It is solely founded on the divine word and authority of God. That is it. The church is a place of fellowship and congregating and healing and worship and praise but because we are finite people we go through traumas it's hard for us to understand love it's hard for us to understand relationships and there are some breaks along the way you know we get it twisted and this is why, you know, as a as church leaders, we really need to be emotionally intelligent to see those, the multitudes who like, hey, I see that you're coming faithfully, you know, saying um, every Sunday, Monday through Sunday, you are here. And I want to make sure your focus is right. I want to make sure your heart is in the right place. Are we doing this unto God or are we doing this for a checklist? Are we doing this because, you know, we're seeking validation and you don't want to disappoint me, um, the woman of God or the man of God? And I and I pray that those who are listening can um, understand this message, because it's if you it can kind of sound like. It's a, it's a good thing to do. You're like, what's wrong with it? 
and and I, I can share my own per and I, by the way, I'm speaking from experience, by the way, and I'm not mad about it. I'm not hurt about it. I, I'm just I'm praising God that um, I was shown a more excellent way. Right. So I was a part of a church and. I had. Went there seeking. Uh, I used to always say I was seeking my tribe. I was seeking my people, my reflection. That should have been the first indication <laughs> that something was a little wrong. Now, I somebody had asked me, I remember in school, we had to do our conversion story. And someone was just like, uh, one of the assignments was um, write your conversion story. Like when you first knew about uh, Christ, when you first accepted Christ. And I said, you know, what's so crazy is. I know it sounds so pompous probably, but like literally guys, I don't remember a time not knowing Christ. It, Like my family, they were all Christians. And so I was raised in a Christian household, you know, working those principles. So we were always in church. And so it was just kind of right. Like, I mean, yep, the call to faith, the going down, you know, when I was younger, we would walk down the aisle and, and you would stand up and they'd call you walk down and you'd say the prayer and then you would schedule your baptism, you know, that's kind of how it went. So like, that's my background, right? So as I got older, traumas started, they happened. I don't know that there's a chink in my armor, right? Um, but even me knowing God, I felt like there was something missing, right? I am uh, my development. So I'm, I'm looking and I'm searching for the, you know, the things of, of, of God, the spiritual depthness. And I, I'm looking, I'm searching for love, really. I'm searching for love. Um, and I find this group of people and I mean, I just throw myself in, I throw myself into this church. I'm talking about, I want to go into the choir. I want to do everything. And I feel really just I feel met. I feel like my needs are met until they show me that they're human. And I'm like, church hurt, church hurt. I'm mad. I'm angry. I can't believe this happened. How could you disappoint me? How could you do this? Right. That was another indication that something was wrong. Okay. So I leave and uh, I go to another church. And again, I'm looking for love. And love, where are you? Are you here? And <laughs> again, I'm like, oh, this is definitely my tribe. And they just make me feel so great. You know, this is mom of the church. This is dad of the church. This is grandpa of the church. This is auntie of the church. This is, you know, it's this the family dynamic. And what you'll find again, codependency is, you know, they're looking, you know, not everybody, but I'm just saying one of the things that I had noticed in me was I was looking for this replacement. Um, in the church, a, a replacement of the family dynamics in the church. So I find it and I'm like, yep, this is it. I'm staying here because I don't want to deal with the things that are going on when I'm by myself, the emotional traumas and failed relationships and um, emotional baggage that I've carried with me to this church. I don't want to deal with it. And nor does anybody really ask me. I mean, I'm sitting in church and there's some feel good messages and I'm like, this is awesome. But what's happening is when I'm going home, um, I'm still struggling. 
I'm still struggling. So what do I do? I'm like, well, look, I know I have to struggle with this. I'm just going to run from this. I don't got to ever come back to this again. So I'm starting to build walls, right? I'm just like, boom, 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 never going to get me, right? That boom, boom was me putting up bricks, y'all. Okay. (laughs) That's my sound effects. Boom, boom, boom. Anyway, so... (laughs) Sorry. So I'm building walls. And what happens again, because people eventually will always be human. It's not their fault. They're human. I do it. I'm human. Right. But when you're when you have a codependent, uh, when when you're codependent, you're just seeking the unattainable. You know, you're just seeking self-worth and so many wrong things, right? Now, now, mind you, I am in the ministry, okay? I am praying, and I just love me some Jesus, and I'm reading my Bible, and it's all great, but because I'm not really been tested, right? Nothing has been, my foundation hasn't been uh, rocked. Um, I am, I'm just in this place, in this time period, just learning everything I can learn, seeing everything that I can see, you know, and by the way, I'm shortening this period, but there was, there was like a lot of, um, leave, come back, leave, come back. Cause I, you know, kind of thing. But every time I would come back, I'm like, Oh, nope, I'm just going to build another wall up. And you know, that's, that's how, that's really the trend. And then something happened where, in my time of I'm a leave, God showed me something where I had generally looked at it and counted it against me. Well, um, what's wrong with me that, you know, I can't make this. I, you feel like I, I, excuse me, I'm stuttering. I felt like I wasn't enough. Um, I had blamed myself for the way my relationships with churches were, you know, well, I'm not this, I'm not that I need to be a better this, right. I'm, I'm like tearing myself apart. I'm criticizing myself. I'm flaky. So, you know, I just need to, what's wrong with me, God, you know? And what he showed me was that, well, your relationship and your value, you found it in them and not me. You place it in them and not me. And again, this isn't to say that they're the wrong ones, right? There's nobody wrong in this. It just is. It's something that I want us as um, a church uh, body, as a people to be aware of, even those who are not in the church, but are want to go into the church. You know, I think one of the things, the biggest takeaways for me with this is for people who want to go to go to church, I want you to understand why you're going to the church. Why are you running to the church? Do you want a relationship with God? Oh my gosh, great. Are you going because you want a relationship with God and you want to find, you know, some people to praise God with? Oh, my gosh. Great. Yes. But it should not be because you're trying to replace your family. Now, I know that's going to make people are gonna be like, what? What do you mean? How there? You know, when God was just like, where are my brothers and sisters? My, my brothers and sisters. They're here. Right. I'm not saying. <laughs> <laughs> that you can't find a strong family dynamic. What I'm saying is they should not be your foundation on how you find yourself worth. That is the huge takeaway. Uh, church is a great place to um, build upon important principles in Christ. 
it is a, a great place um, to learn and hear the word of God. But remember, it is not the source. There is only one source, and that is God himself. Period. And what God showed me was that for so many years, I was joining these churches. And I remember my sister, she she told me one day, she was like, you always saying, pastor said this, bishop said this. Da, 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 da. She said, what did God say, Heather? I stopped and I was like, what? <laughs> oh my gosh. And I was like, well, what's wrong with that? You know, what's wrong with that? You know, and uh, we had sat down and when I had made the decision to move on uh, from, from that church, right? I had to ask myself, um, Heather, you know, what... What did you learn? What did you take away? And this is one of the probably most eye-opening, hurtful, embarrassing. I mean, this had me feel a lot of different ways. Um, but it, but I had to forgive myself and really have compassion with myself um, on this one because I was like, well, Lord, nothing catches you by surprise, you know, and I'm just happy it's being revealed to me now. But I had to ask myself, okay, what was the one of the one things that you learned in this place? Right? What was the one thing that you taught? Was there was there a particular Bible scripture? Was there a certain development that you got? What what did you what did you get from these people? You know what the answer was? From all the places, all the churches I ever been to, it wasn't, and this is not, oh my goodness, I hope listen, shout out to all the churches that I've ever been to that are listening to this. I love you guys. I mean, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. I'd be here, you know, because God, but, you know, everything asks for a reason. What I'm saying is, <laughs> what I'm saying is, when I sat back and I looked at the culmination of all the churches and lessons that I had been, you know what the one thing that they gave me? Validation. Validation. Wow. It wasn't like, oh my goodness, there was this one scripture and one Bible lesson that they said that if I didn't go there, I would have never learned it. And, you know, if I didn't go there, I would have never had this sort of principle of learning. Nope. Mm-mm. I'm not saying I didn't have it, but it wasn't it wasn't the thing that I that I was feeding off of. It was validation because. I. Had I just want to I just keep calling I don't know a chink in my armor right. Um, I was hemorrhaging love and seeking it um, from other people. I placed my self worth in how much I was needed in the church. Yep. Yep. And and I'm convinced that I'm not the only one. I really am. I think this is a common thing. I do. I think it's going to take some strength for people to talk about it. I do. I think if you will be honest with yourself, um, there might be some people now listening that um, have some relationships um, that are stronger with um, the man of God versus God himself. What's my takeaway? My takeaway is this. 
love yourself, love God, place God first over your life, place God as your foundation, place God, oh my gosh, around your entire being, (laughs) okay? Go to church because you want to fellowship with people that are like-minded in spirit. You want to go because you want to disciple. But maybe you're not there yet, right? Maybe you're just like, I need some help. And 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 I heard this church place was good. <laughs> okay, go. But as you go, I want you to seek out a mentor who can help you develop and help you tackle some of those emotions and feelings so that you don't have to build a fortress around the church. You can freely come and go and you don't feel obligated or an obligation by the man or woman of God. Okay, or I'll say this of the church leaders, you don't have to feel an obligation by the church leaders to perform a certain way, whether you do or don't. You're free. You're free. You know, so to the first point um, that I said um, to the to the people who say, you know, church is a place of manipulation or control. And, you know, um, I think it can be. Absolutely. To the people who don't have a healthy outlook on relationships. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for staying with me through this time and, and listening. I hope you were blessed. I hope you um, stay tuned for the next one. Right. I'd love to hear your comments and your feedback. Until then, love you. Bye.